Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February 26, 2023. Coming at you live from Lost Farmer Brewing Company in Mineola. Here for an Isles Winnipeg Jets viewing party. Going to be a great, great time raising money for Courage for Carson here. Great, great cause. So going to have a great time at Lost Farmer Brewing Company. I want to thank everybody for coming down. We have uh, some great specials going on here at the bar. If you show up here, you can pay a $60 donation. And you can get in for some beer, wine, food. Going to be a great, great time. So thanks for everybody showing up. And, of course, thanks to everybody for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. My name is Sean Cuffin. With me here is Mr. Stefan Rosner. And join us a little bit later from NHL.com, Brian Compton, Stefan Rosner. How are we doing, bud? Doing great. Thanks for having me here. Well, I mean, you're part of the team now. So. That is true. Right? But you're welcome. You can't get rid of me now. It's all good. <laughs> thanks for showing up. Yeah, so here we go. Big game for the New York Islanders coming up. Obviously, uh, we'll get into everything else later, but we want to start by thanking all of our fantastic sponsors here, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and UBS Arena Belmont. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. Also, very proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company right here at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Come on down, try the Stable Shaker American Ale, and come hang out with us for Isles vs. Jets for a great Great cause. And a big, big thanks to our brand new sponsor, Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We'll have everything from strategic to party games. Get off your screens and unplug your games for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join or Magic the Gathering? Dungeons and Dragons or Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. So, Stefan Rosner. Yes. The playoff chase is in full swing here. Isles are battling out with a number of teams for those last two wild card spots. And the Isles roller coaster ride continues with the trade deadline fast approaching, what do you say, Stefan Rosner? Well, the Islanders control their own destiny, but Buffalo won today, making them a point behind the Islanders with five games in hand. So this, this game today becomes critical, and every game, obviously, is going to be critical going forward. But yeah, the Islanders have to not focus on anyone else. they got to go out there and play their game. If they could do that, they'll be able to get some wins here. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. I mean, we can start by talking about the week that they've had so far. Huge, huge win over the Penguins in the beginning of the week there. That was a big one. And then a big win over the Jets, too. I mean, maybe that's when you thought, you know, the, the roller coaster dips down, right? They get a little bit of a loss there versus the Jets. But they come out, they play a, a low-scoring game, a little bit more towards the Barry Trotz hockey a little bit here. Two-to-one win. And then Friday, they have the game against the Kings. That obviously doesn't go their way. They get to, they give, they pad the Kings a 3-0 lead. And the, uh, the comeback was too little too late this time where, again, they kick it into gear. Later on in the game, they come out slow. And the Kings end up holding on. They drop that one 3-2 in regulation. And with all the teams that they're battling with, all the teams that you know, are picking up points here and there, it's so, so tight. And uh, that's what we have now. And going into a big game here today uh, in, in Winnipeg. That Pittsburgh game, obviously the first game without Matthew Barzal, that was huge. You had guys step up, come back from behind in the third period, win that game. Winnipeg, too, wasn't looking great, but Hellebuck's a fantastic goal. You gotta, you gotta really, if you're going to beat him, it's got to be a snipe or a garbage goal. Holmstrom gets his, and Matt Martin. Yeah, talk about that guy. winner, Matt Martin. <laughs> right. I mean, he just he comes through. He sets up Anders Lee for the go-ahead goal against the Penguins on Monday. Then he sets the secondary assist for Holmstrom on, on Wednesday there. And again, Friday was just a situation where 18 shots on Quick. And I man, Quick, Stanley Cup winner, two-time Stanley Cup winner. But right. he's been awful this year. 18 shots is not going to well, cut it. Well, what's the remedy? Play the Islanders, right? <laughs> That's true. But uh, we spoke after the game with the guys, and they all said that the, give the credit to the Kings. But again, Kings are on the second of a back-to-back. -back. Can't get outworked. you got to find a way to get the right. shots. And if it's not working early with what you're doing, you got to be an adjustment there. Yeah, and once again, it's it's blown coverages. We've been talking about this on the defensive side of the team, and that's where I kind of want to segue this, is, you know, you had, what, two of their goals for the Kings were off of one-timers, just guys out of position, guys out of place, 
And if you had a man, you know, at least getting sticks, if not bodying the guy, you're, you're probably protecting those goals from going in. And, you know, Sorokin can't stop everything. He's stopping a lot, but he can't stop them all. And especially a nice one-time shot from the slot, that's going to be tough business for, for a guy like him in, in the NHL. So, I mean, what is it with this defense that, that seems to, you know, they have a great game uh, the other night against Winnipeg where they're able to keep the goal total down to one. And then they kind of, they show those bumps and bruises again against uh, against L.A. Friday night. Their structure, just way too loose. There was yeah. a, there, In the second period there, there was guys running around, two guys on one guy, and that led to that, that one-time goal there. But it's been an issue all year with boxing out and making those smart passes to break out again. Dobson, Dobson's one of those guys that the Islanders need to take that next step defensively. He's done it offensively. Right. He's their best offensive defenseman. But he's too weak in, uh, behind his own net, too weak in front, and it's giving chances. And again, alongside Sebastian Ajo, who isn't the, the best defensive defenseman that this Islanders team has there, it's not working. Uh, Lambert did break up Pelican Pulak to bring more balance. During the games, he goes back to that pairing. But again, Romanov's got to step up a little bit. Mayfield looked a little better alongside Pelic. But again, these guys know how to play defense. It didn't go right. Right, right. And no, and, and you bring up the fact that they broke up the pairings. I think that was a good move by Lambert, especially with all the issues we've been talking about. And it helped, you know, kind of alleviate this, these issues a bit. But it's still, it's still been a season-long problem. I mean, here, we got the last quarter of the season here. I mean, they really got to tighten this up if they're going to want to uh, prevent these goals. But... You know, you talk about how they, they, they won these tighter games. You look at the Winnipeg game. Is this something that maybe Lambert is consciously looking at now and be like, hey, let's, let's go back to a little more Barry Trotz hockey here and try to, you know, keep those uh, goal totals and shot attempts down? Are you seeing that, or they're still kind of playing that loose style? I, I, think, I think so. I think, again, with Barzal, your best playmaker, you, you're going to score gritty goals. That's how you're right. going to have to do it. So I think definitely playing more. I mean, you've got to also lock down leads if you do get them because the offense is going to be there. Again, Horvat has more of an opportunity now with the puck on his stick a lot more. But yeah, if they're going to win games, it's going to come down to defense and goaltending. And right now, Sorokin's playing fantastic. They just need a little bit more defense from not just the top guys. Everyone on that back end has got to be much better. Right. And you talked about Matt Martin performing. And how about the rest of the squad on the, on the forward group where, um, you know, basically, you know, you got, you got these guys, the next man up mentality. You have a, a bunch of guys kind of from Bridgeport filling in here. How are those guys acclimated themselves in the forward end? Uh, Durando looks great. Again, you need him to score. He's had the chances on goal. Him and Fashing played 18 games in Bridgeport together. They have that chemistry. I spoke with Sezikis at practice on Friday, and he said he's the new guy on that line. He, he's got to figure out how to play right. with him. He said right now, north-south for, for them, because until they understand each other's games, then they'll implement more stuff. But basic hockey from your bottom six guys, it has to be, especially with that fourth line with Kovula, Koivula, excuse me, Koivula, Martin, um, Johnston, you, you, need, you need your top six guys playing most of the game, which they're going to. But again, Lambert last game, when there was nothing going on, he tried to provide a spark. He put Durando on that top line with Martin and Horvat. Didn't really work, but um, yeah, your, your top player is going to have to play. I know Horvat's been playing over 20 minutes a game, and that's what's going to have to happen. Oh, no doubt about it, especially with those injuries. You're going to have to kind of go top heavy, right, with yeah. your top players, and that's what we're seeing here. We're getting a, a lot of minutes logged from from guys like Horvat and the top guys, you're probably going to see that more out of Nelson, Lee, Palmieri, those guys. And maybe real quick before we break for Brian, uh, just talk a little bit about Kyle Palmieri's game lately. Well, first off, since coming back from injuries, making up for lost time, he's scoring goals, but it's more the def the smart hockey IQ plays. In the game against Pittsburgh, you know, he's cutting to the net and holds on to it and draws a penalty. Or against Winnipeg, you know, he's doing getting the puck steep. Going to the Horvat did it too, going to the corners on the pe penalty kill and just hugging the boards. Killing time. These are big plays. Again, Palmieri's known for his offense. Probably the best long-range shooter on the team. But you, you, you see it right now. His defensive game is critical to the Islanders' success. Yeah, without a doubt. And not only him, but, uh, but another big P on the New York Islanders is Zach Parisi. He's been making some, uh, some big plays, especially late in those games. They were holding on to leads, blocking shots there with the goalies pulled. So he's been fantastic, too. So, I mean, hopefully this is something this team can just kind of keep up because these are going to be tight games from here until oh, the, yeah. to, to the rest of the, uh, to the, to the end of the season. And, and you know, you, you were score-watching before. You talked about Buffalo beating on, uh, on Washington. And it's going to be a flip-flop in the standings every day. You're going to be looking at Florida, Detroit, Buffalo, Islanders, Pittsburgh, and even Washington. Even they won the other, they beat what the Rangers, the Rangers yesterday, yeah. right? But they made a big deal getting rid of Orlov. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay in the mix, even with losing a player like that. And you know, just what kind of uh, havoc they're going to cause. The Islanders have a few games coming up, you know, against them uh, when you look into March and stuff like that. So it's going to be a wild race. We're happy everybody's here at Lost Farm to hang out with us here for Islanders versus Jets. So thanks a lot for hanging out, and of course. Thanks a lot for you guys hanging out in the chat at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. Don't forget to get your questions in for the Questions Brewing segment later on. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mr. Brian Compton of NHL.com is going to join us. We'll be right back. 
Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. some time to our sponsors ready to talk more aisles the train rolls on right here on hockey night in new york that's right ladies and gentlemen the train rolls on right here at hockey night in new york and join us now the man himself live here at lost farmer brewing company mr brian compton of nhl.com brian pleasure to have you bud how you been you had me a brewery how are you <laughs> i had a feeling that might help entice yeah, you it's great to be here doing well you're hanging out here with of course myself sean cuthbert and mr stefan rosner so Brian, mid of a in the middle of a, a big playoff race here in the Eastern Conference. A lot of teams feel like it's been a little while since we've seen something like this. What do you what do you see out there with the what five teams in there right now? Uh, at least five, right? Right. And Buffalo and Washington's today. Are they playing today? Buffalo won. I can't keep up. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. I feel like I kind of feel like this happens every year. I don't know if there's been five or six teams in the mix at this at this you know at this point in the season, but. Uh, I guess if you're an Islander fan, you just root for those games, then regulation, you don't want three-point swings. Absolutely, absolutely. So, listen, I mean, we, it seems like every show we have to kind of, you know, check in on the roller coaster that is the New York Islanders season, right? A couple games it's up, a couple games it's down, and, you know, we talk about the coach and we talk about the players on the ice. So I want to get the Brian Compton point of view here on just what's been going on with this New York Islanders season, why they can't find that consistency that they've needed. Well, goal scoring was an issue for most of the year, and it yeah. continues to be at uh, least Friday night again. They're, they're playing a one a one goal game against Los Angeles, so uh, now Barzi Barzi goes down. Who knows for how long? That that's a huge loss. I don't you know, that goes without saying, but uh, they just can't seem to find consistency amongst those four lines. And now you know the fourth line was a staple forever, and now you got Matty Martin getting like five points in six games playing <laughs> right. playing up on the top line with Bo Horvat. So. Uh, it's been crazy, but kudos to Lane for trying different things because clearly what was going on earlier just wasn't working. Yeah, no question about it. And now you have the, the trade deadline fast approaching here this Friday. Uh, the Islanders already made the, the big splash to kind of kick things off, getting in Bo Horvat. And they're obviously they're, they're still in the mix. They're, they're in a spot. We know about all the games in hand. We don't know what's going to happen right. from one day to the next. But do you see Lou Lamarillo kind of looking at this situation with less than a week to go and, and looking to add some more? He's not going to sell. No, I, I, don't I, so. I don't. I mean, look, there's only two games between now and Friday afternoon. So, I mean, the one thing I was thinking on my way over here, and Stefan would know better than me, if Varley doesn't play today, to me, is that we don't want him to get hurt before Friday afternoon because we're thinking, look, they kudos to Lou in this regard because you remember years ago I was screaming at Garth to trade a first-round pick and accelerate the process right, for right. John Tavares and all the other young players <laughs> right. that they had, and he never did. Uh, Lou has never been afraid to trade a first-round pick, but now he's done it, what, four years in a row? And they don't have a lot of assets, and there's not a whole lot coming, to be perfectly honest. Right. So if you can get a one or a two for, for a team that wants Varlama for down the stretch and into the playoffs, it's going to be tough for Lou to pass on that. So we'll see what happens between now and Friday. We just talked about that because um, there's 18 games after the deadline. Yeah. Three back-to-backs. That's probably all Varlamov's going to get. Right. And if you're not going right. to, that's all you're going to use him for. Right. What's the point? Because if they do make the playoffs, you want to have Varley in the mix. That That's the crux of, you right. know, do I get rid of him? And then is Corey Schneider going to be the backup? And if Sorokin goes down, then. Well, if Sorokin Corey, goes down, if they. Right, but then you want to have 
Semyon Barlamov still in the mix if they do make the playoffs. God forbid something happens to Sorokin. We've we've seen both goalies play in the playoffs for these guys before in the right. past. So you kind of it's a catch twenty two. You you want to get another asset if you can, but you want to have Barlamov if they make the playoffs. Well, not only that, Brian, and, and I've said this on the show too. I don't think the Islanders are even keen on unloading Barlamov. I think he wants to stay. No, he loves it this here. Year. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think. That's the wise move for this team where you get him on a lesser salary going forward. You have him back up his buddy in Ilya Sorokin. You keep Sorokin happy because he's got a contract coming up a year later. Right. So, but And you look at what, what Lou did with Char and Green last year. Could have got a, a pick or two here for a playoff run for another team. Sure. Right? Could have unloaded them, but they didn't want to go anywhere. They were happy. They were comfortable. They didn't want to you know, have to kind of uplift up. You know, uplift their families or themselves or whatever it is and go elsewhere. They're like, listen, we know we're out of it, but we're going to hang out anyway. And I feel like knowing that Varlamov feels the same way this year, I don't think Lowe's going to deal him just based on that. But what's a lesser salary? And does Varley still think he can be a number one somewhere else? There's a pride factor as well. Well, if, if Varley's saying that he wants to stay, he knows his role. He knows he's not taking the starting job back. But what right? are you paying him? Well, that's the question. That's, There's a salary. That's the and it, if they if they want to keep Scott Mayfield, that's a hefty raise. You can't give everybody right. four point five five True. million bucks. So if you're gonna have if Elias Sorokin is gonna play sixty something games moving forward, year in and year out, are you really gonna pay Samir Varlamov three even three? Well, yeah. I'll say 2. this: two point five for Varlamov. Right. I would say max two point five. Yeah, and I think Lou's done a good job with the defensemen on this team with their salaries. They haven't kind of gone up into that like higher echelon of salaries where. They kind of have that. I don't know if he's kind of sitting down and like, listen, man, for the team, we're going to shave $2 million off your salary <laughs> right. here, right? right? But he's made it happen. So maybe he can kind of do a combination deal with Ilya and with Varley. Like, hey, you're best buds. We can keep you both here, but you got to play ball when it comes to salary. It's right? going to be tough, too, because yeah. I don't know if they can afford to lose Mayfield. Who's going to replace Scott? I mean, look, there's obviously guys that, they, that Lou can potentially get during the offseason, but... Who's going to replace Scott Mayfield in those minutes and be in a right hand? Those guys do not grow on trees. He's going to be a really, really tough guy. I know he's had a tough year for the most part, but he's going to be awfully tough to replace if they lose him. Yeah, and I mean, how much do you want to pay Mayfield too, though? I mean, Lamarillo's right. done a great job keeping defense, but that, three? That's, I mean, he's getting but that, he, right I now. would think he could get closer to five somewhere else as an, as an unrestricted free agent. It's, it's, Lou is going to have a lot of work to do, as he usually does during the offseason. And the prospect-wise, they don't have right-handed there's shot. Not, they have Bolduc, who's left-handed. Right. So, yeah, you don't, you're really thin there. They, they really don't have a lot coming as far as right-handed defensemen go in particular. Yeah, and it's been a bit of a uh, carousel of these guys coming up from the bridge. And if I'm repeating you guys, I apologize. But you had Boldu coming man. in. Right. <laughs> you had Boldu coming up, Watherspoon coming up, and nobody's been able to really, you know, clamp down, you know, that one last position. And that's kind of why I think if the Islanders are going to do anything, you know, going between now and the trade deadline is maybe make that Andy Green kind of move. Yeah. And bring in maybe, a, you know, basically a, a veteran defenseman who's not going to cost too much money. But you can rely on him to kind of fill out that third pair. And if you're a young defenseman, Devon Tays was the exception. It is near impossible to just step into the National Hockey League and perform right. as soon as you get there. It takes right. some some guys. It took Victor Hedman like three years yeah. to be the guy that he became. And none of the guys that the Islanders have is going to be Victor Hedman. <laughs> let's be honest. What do you but, mean? And that's okay. You don't have to be Victor Hedman, but you do have to be uh, an NHL caliber player. And I think Bolduc, I remember talking with Andrew Gross when he first came up. Like, wow, this guy might be something. You know, this was like two years ago. Uh, but even then, it takes. I remember Al Arbor saying. When he was coaching, it takes it takes guys defensemen in particular hundreds of games to get acclimated to the NHL. So right. you can't lose patience with guys like Bolduc and, and you know Warlerspoon has really worked his rear end off to even get into the spot that he's in now. Um, but you got to be patient with with these younger defensemen. You talk about the patience. I mean Romanov and Dobson. Three. This is year four for all, both of them, right. and they're both still struggling defensively. Right. So. And I think Romanov is still going to be a pretty good player when, when all is said and done. I mean he's still young. What's he? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, give him some time. Uh, I love how physical he, he, you know, that, that he is. Those guys don't really aren't. They're not as much around anymore. So right. uh, I thought that was a. Tra- I don't blame Lou for making that thir- that, uh, that trade, but you got to give him some time. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, we, we rattle off the names of some of these teams that are in the mix for the playoff race in the East. Who who do you think threatens the Islanders' position the most here? I mean, maybe you can pick a couple of these teams. When you look at Detroit, you look at Buffalo making these late pushes here. Washington makes that deal. Pittsburgh, they can't get it together. They were just on a long losing streak. Who Who's the big threat for those wild card spots? You can never rule out the Penguins as bad as they played for the last yeah. couple of weeks just because of all the talent that they still have with Crosby and Malkin and Latang and et cetera, Getzel. I mean, everybody, everything that they have, but I love Buffalo. 
because I just feel like they are playing with house money. Those younger guys, Darlene and, and Power and Craig Anderson's 41 years old. He made 53 saves. That's, insane. That's unbelievable. It's just ridiculous. Um, but but they have a lot of young talent. Um, I know they lost talk. They don't know how long he's going to be out. That that's a huge blow. But if Buffalo gets in, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch in the playoffs. I think. Yeah, Tage, I agree. Tage Thompson. Oh, he's I tremendous. Mean, he's tremendous. Good for did, him. What did Brent Thompson teach him? What did he feed him? <laughs> I mean, what did he feed him from birth? The guy's been unbelievable. I mean, that's that's the team who scares me. I think that's yeah. the and and not for nothing. I'm kind of like look. Obviously, give one of those spots to the Islanders, right. but I'm ruined for Buffalo to get the other one. Yeah, I mean their fans have been waiting no, forever. They kind of remind me of like the 13 Islanders, like those younger players, yeah. the younger guys who just you know, playing with house money. And if they get in, I mean, look what yeah, I mean. They well, gave they N- gave Nabokov and old right. Nabokov and that. Yeah. I mean, if Nabby was better in that series, the Islanders would have won. hundred percent. Yeah. If Nabby doesn't drop down on a point shot, like <laughs> Orchid. Yeah, he was brutal that series. From the goalie here. I remember, yeah. watching, I remember watching that at home, going, "You better stay up," and yeah. the shot. Uh, he was he, he was bad. Up, yeah. If he had been better, they would have knocked those guys out, which no, is crazy they, to think about. But Buffalo's a team like that. If they get in, look out. Kyle Poso too. You no, know, it would be wonderful for them to get in and knock off a, uh, a Boston or a Carolina. You imagine, my right? God, <laughs> pave the way a Jeez. little bit, right? That would be fun to watch. You never know. So let's let's swing it back to the deadline. There's a lot of talk about Patrick Kane going to the Rangers. It seems like that's almost inevitable. And then you know you, you wonder what else is going to happen. There's other teams out there that are obviously out of the mix. You got Anaheim, you got Nashville, you got a lot of teams out there that are probably have some good strong players that are looking to you know maybe pad their you know development and get some draft picks and stuff. Do you think there's going to be a lot of activity between now and Friday? Yeah, there always is. There, it's already the ball's already rolling. I mean, it started really with Tarasenko a couple of weeks ago. So um, yeah, I mean, there's really three big fish left, right? It's Kane, who I think is going to go to the Rangers eventually. That's going to happen that. between now. Yeah, somebody had that. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, Carlson, maybe, but there's so many. There's so much money and, and what four years left on that contract. I mean, that, that, I'll see how that shakes out. Um, and Timo Meyer, who was probably going to end up in New Jersey, I think, when it's all said. That'd be up. awesome. Meyer in Jersey, Tarasenko, I guess, and came with the Rangers. Horvat with the Islanders. Everyone adding. Yeah, fun. it's uh, it's a big arms race, and, and and that would make the Devils all the more da- dangerous. And and I have to say, I'm impressed with that team because it seemed like I don't know, maybe like 10, 20 games ago, that the league finally caught up to them. Yeah, they had a couple losses, and you're like, all right, this is it. Right, this is when they start dipping down. And to their credit. They, they kind of rallied, and, and they've been back to playing the way they were in the beginning of the season. And, and what a story for Lindy Ruff, right? Like oh, my God. The they started. wanted him out of there in uh, the second week of October. Right, something crazy. else. And, and, and basically, what what was it, like 15, 20 games? And like, so, we're, we're sorry. Sorry, Lindy. They're doing the <laughs> sorry, sorry Lindy chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes to show you the fans don't know what the hell they're talking about, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> you, you said that. None of you know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> we don't either. We're just trying our best. But, but look, that's the thing, right? You, you think that this guy, it's, it's, it's Landy Ruff's fault. They had a rough year last year. They start off a little slow this year. And then, you know, give them a little time to get it together, right? How about this? How would you like to be Brian McClellan in Washington right now? Losing, get, like letting Samson off and Vanacek go and giving Kemper all that money. And look what Vanacek that was- is doing. I mean, look, to be fair, I, I don't think anybody saw what Vanacek is doing with the Devils. It's absurd what he's doing. But Borderline we, absurd. But we yeah. all saw how bad Kemper was. Right. That he was not going to be. It's not even that he's bad. Like you just can't trust his health. Exactly. He's always right. hurt. Right. So right. you don't you don't want either of those two guys, but you're going to give him five million dollars for they five were, years. And before all that wheeling and dealing, they already had health problems right. like that, right? With Blackwood and right. all that. Yeah. He was out for a long time. Yeah. So, but they're making it work now, and 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 not for nothing. I mean, as much as I, I want the Islanders to get in and see them play a playoff series, Devils Rangers. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. If it stays that way, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Especially sure. if they get Meyer. Oh, yeah. That, that makes it. I mean, Jack Hughes, when they were struggling, Jack Hughes said, hold my beer. And, and he just took off. And if Shesterkin doesn't pick it up soon, the Devils can knock those guys out. Yeah. Shesterkin has been off for a good month and a half. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, I still give them, a, I still give the Rangers a huge edge just because in the playoffs it always comes down to goaltending. Uh, as good as Vanacek has been, you still have to give Shesterkin the edge in the best of seven. But if he's not better over the next six weeks, I, it's crazy how poor he is. He's allowed three goals almost every start. How, how crazy would it be if they add Kane, mm. make their top six just elite, and then Shesterkin is the reason they yeah, don't do anything? Giving up five goals. You're not well, gonna, you, know, you don't win six, five games in the playoffs. That's the beauty of hockey, boys. Yeah. You know, anything that's why they play happen. the games. That's, that's right. why they play the games. But 
fellas, it looks like we might have a, a live update on the on the roster today. We're talking about maybe Sorokin getting a net, but T-Boyle 13, we're going to trust him here. He's saying Varley and goal. So maybe I'm not Samuel surprised. Barlamo he has to play. Yeah. yeah, he led them out. So, yeah. That's there you go. Great. There you go. All right. So Varley gets the start. So we'll see how he does up in Winnipeg. And so we're thinking Timo Myers to the Devils. Yes. We are. Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, listen, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the defense in the Islands, Brian? We, Steph and I were talking about it before you hopped on with this. What, what, what's the deal? Is it Lane Lambert changing the system here, or is it, the, is it the client? Is it the personnel, I should say? Is it the guys like the young guys like Dobson and Romanov? Is it those guys are still finding their way? Yeah. Aho, you know, looks good one night, not so good the other night, puts in the odd goal here and there. What's, what's going on with the Islanders' defense? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, Lane has made some adjustments to try to make them more offensive, and they still haven't been able to score as many goals as they would have liked. Um, and then the, it's the personnel as well. I mean, Barry never played Sebastian Ajo, even when he was right. healthy. And now he's playing every single night. Um, and these are younger guys. Romanov, like we said, and Dobson is still as good of a player as he already is and will continue to evolve. Um, there's still going to be bumps in the road. He's still a kid. Um, so they just have to deal with it until they clean this stuff up. And, again, that could take well into next year before these guys figure everything yeah. out. People just have to be patient with these kids. Yeah. They also had Pellick out for a while. Right, that is a huge blow. Everything. Huge blow. It's an enormous blow. And, it, you know, offensively, too, like, as great as Dobson's been, like, where did Ryan Pollock's offense go? <laughs> like, it is a, a completely evaporated. It has gone into hiding. And you it don't even see out. the shot anymore, though. It's bizarre what's going on with it. And, you know, I'll throw out a theory on that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's hesitating because when he does shoot, he's like Nuke Lelouch. Yeah, dude, you have no idea where it's going. Sailing over the net, hitting the glass, it's going here, there. I mean, if you're in the crowd, you're ducking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know know. what I mean? You don't know know where the puck's going. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's something in the back of his mind going. All right, I'm just going to dish this one over to Barzi over there. I'm going to dish this one over to Bo (laughs) Horvat. You know what I mean? But with the game that they play with with Anders Lee in front of the net, like you got to bomb away. You you got to bomb away from the point and you know hope for a rebound. And if there is, they have those big boys up in front to clean. Up. Yeah, aim for the goalie's chest. Yeah, when that would be a good idea. Far away, yeah. just aim for the goalie's yeah, chest. I'm all for that. Yeah, right. no, I'm yeah. with you. That's a great point, and especially with Barzell now off, because because the power play started picking up when they brought in Horvat, right? right? And yeah. it looked great. Barzell gets hurt, <laughs> and Never then ends. it tanks a little bit. No, I know, of course, <laughs> that, that's the way it goes. But it starts to tank again, and now they have to find a way to get more shots to the net so that Horvat and Lee. Yeah. You know, can maybe pick up the garbage there and, and put put in some ugly goals. It doesn't matter how pretty it is; it's just got to go in the net. Yeah, it's 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 baffling with Ryan too because you know that shot is there. Just let it rip, man, and see what right. happens. I know you might kill somebody, God forbid, but <laughs> right. just let it go. Uh, and Pulak's on power play too in the one time spot on the left side. And I was talking to Parise about that. And he goes, "That's not one of those shots you want to get in front of. That's when you sit by and wait for the rebound because when he shoots it, it it's hard." Well, yes. Didn't he like shatter Lee's shin one year? Was that was that Pulak? Somebody took a slot shot from the point and, and uh, hurt, Johnny hurt Boychuk oh, was uh, Boychuk? ended Andrew's I'm season. Myself yeah, right, <laughs> right, yeah, right before the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, all right. So. Listen, why don't we talk a little bit about the young guys. Steph and I touched on it a little bit before you came on. How about Durando coming in here, getting 14, 15 minutes a night, looking pretty good? He works hard. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. I don't know if he's going to be a 15-minute guy moving forward once everybody gets healthy. But, you know, it's it's great for, to see kids who come up and make the most of these opportunities. Like we were talking about Taze earlier. I mean, nobody – I can't see another guy just taking the ball and run with it the way that Devon did a few years ago. Um, but you got to impress coaches when you get the opportunity, and good for him. Yeah, and I'm not really keeping my hands on the pulse of the Bridgeport Islanders. You know what I mean? I'm kind of just waiting for whoever comes up to see what they do. But, like, Durando wasn't on my radar. Yeah, no. I didn't know he was a guy that was going to get any time at all. And to see him kind of take the bull by the horns like he has. I mean, look, he's not scoring a goal every shift, but he's using that speed, which looks great. He's been tenacious out there. Uh, Stefan's touched on the fact that he has a great stick. He's playing well defensively. And, look... You mentioned it before, Brian, with with how the cupboard is bare as it is. Like, right. if we can get some more pleasant surprises like that, maybe they'll be all right. No, going they forward they need pleasant surprises yeah. because Lou has traded first round pick after first round pick. If you don't get pleasant surprises, once these guys become 33, 34 years old, I mean that they're going to be in some trouble. So they need some pleasant surprises here over the next couple of years. And, and Durando's 24 years old. He's not like a brand new prospect. Right. He's been right. around, and again, he gets the chance with Barzal out. But he's played well. Again, though, it comes down to these guys have to come up and score. How many depth of role players do they have that do the same exact thing? Right. Like, fashing is great. but he's been, he's been a real pleasant surprise, yeah, too. Pleasant yeah. surprise, but he's not a guy that could play a top six game because he doesn't bring enough offense. So if this guy, you know, I think Ishikov's going to come up probably next. He's been on fire. He's like the last prospect to not get called up. 
But I, Durando had six goals in six games before getting called up, so it made sense. And if you give guys opportunity after opportunity, you never know what can happen. I mean, look at Carter Verhehe, who bounced around forever, including here. Yeah. And now he's like a perennial 25-goal scorer. It's really incredible. Um, I mean, he's probably an anomaly, but if you give guys opportunities who can play at this level, you never know what can happen. Two, two guys that Garth Snow just kind of oddly let go away was him and Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. Remember, he didn't sign Spurgeon, him. Yeah. We that don't know no why, sense. but he just didn't sign Maybe he didn't contract. want to. I don't even know. What no, he said he was shocked. Yeah. I was reading one of your articles. Yeah. I don't know if it was you, but NHL.com wrote a piece about it, and he said that after his uh, contract, they had to sign him. They just never... Contact that him. was that bizarre. Was yeah, yeah I mean, look, I'm sure this happens to every team around the league, but those are two guys that really kind of bit this franchise in the yeah, ass. Yeah, I can't <laughs> kill Garth for Verhehe because he bounced around for a while, and he, yeah. he finally figured it out. And now he's a top six forward in Florida with playing with guys like Barkoff. I mean, it's, it, you never know what can happen. It's crazy. For sure. So, so one more young guy that's uh, come up this year. He's had about, I think, 30 games already this season. Not not wowing anybody, but, you know, maybe starting to earn a little bit of a role here, maybe in a, at, least a, at least a depth position. Simon Holmstrom, yeah. what have you seen out of him? What do you like in his game, and what does he need to work on? Yeah, he's another hardworking guy. Um, you'd like to see him produce a little bit more offensively, being a first-round draft pick. But, again, it, it takes time. You, I mean, if you're not this bona fide I mean, it's, it's not like it's Connor Bedard who's coming in here and is going to put up points as soon as he gets here. This is a late-round, first-round pick. You, you, you don't know uh, what's going to happen when he gets here. But I think with time, he could be a pretty good player. He works hard. I don't know if he'll ever be a 60-point guy, right. but he could be a you know 15-goal, 20-assist kind of a player. We'll see. And with all these young guys, you have to remember, too, they lost so many you know practices and games due to COVID. You know, they got pushed back yeah, with their development. Fair. But uh, Holmstrom... To Compton's credit, Holmstrom should have more points, but he shut off that toe drag move against the Hurricanes. He's a hell of a shot the other yeah. night. Yeah, and that the go ahead right. goal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He definitely has it. He definitely has the shot and ability. We'll see, but yeah, I think Compton. He's he's more of a bottom six guy that could produce, but not a top six. I don't think yet. We'll see. Maybe he's one of those guys that comes along a little slowly. He was a first round pick. Yeah. And you know, you're probably satisfied if he ends up a middle six guy, right? If he can fill one of those roles. So the jury's definitely still out on him, but at least he's in there and he's learning from his mistakes. We thought we've talked about, you know, some of the back checking has been a bit of a bit of a problem. So hopefully he bring, he uh, you know kind of helps out with that. But um, why don't we take a little break here? Brian, you cool to hang out? Absolutely. Do a couple segments here. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, hey Lost Farmer Brewing Company, how we doing out there? <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> We have no idea. All right, we got a couple. We'll check in with you guys later. But uh, crowd's filling up here. We're having a great time here, raising money for a very good cause. Courage for Carson. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. And thanks to you guys hanging out with us at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We're going to take another break. We will be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. And now, it's time for What's on Tap, a look ahead at the Islanders' upcoming schedule. That's right. What a fantastic voice that man has. So welcome back to the program here. It's time for What's on Tap. Ready to go here with the upcoming schedule for the New York Islanders. So today, obviously, big tilt up in Winnipeg, the cold, frigid, nobody wants to live in Winnipeg. Wow. <laughs> I've met some really nice people from Winnipeg. Oh, I'm sure there's some yeah. great people up there. Yeah, yeah. But it's cold, man. It is very, I'm it's very cold. here in New York. Yeah. Travel get... agents don't make any money off Winnipeg. That's, <laughs> for sure. that's, a, that's a rough place to work yeah. if you're trying to get people to, uh, to travel up there. But uh, let's take a look. You have today's game against the Jets. They go into Minnesota Tuesday, which is another tough one. Then they got a couple of days off here. And uh, the rare 
afternoon game at UBS Arena against the Detroit Red Wings. Right? That is a 12:30 start. Yeah. Maybe like the only afternoon game they really have this year at home. Yeah, they haven't had many, right? You would know this, better than I. I guess the second one, but I'm going out for my birthday after that one. So. Oh, wow, look 17? at Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, barely let him in here. Yeah, I know. I got ID'd at the front. That's right. <laughs> I get ID for rated R movies. It's all Can we get a Shirley Temple over here, please? He that's for, actually, that's for uh, Christian, by the way. He actually borrowed uh, Christian Arnold's uh, ID card. Because uh, right? he finally turned yeah, 21. Yeah. So he was able to use that one. <laughs> but we're glad you made it in, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> we're glad you're here. So, fellas, why don't we talk about these games ahead? They, they beat Winnipeg, obviously, earlier in the week. They go into Minnesota, who's uh, you know got their own little playoff battle going on in the Western Conference. And then... Kind of a recharge, young Detroit Red Wings on Saturday, led by Steve Eisenman. Everything he touches as a general manager seems to turn to gold here. So why don't we talk about those games coming up? Go ahead. I'll let you I go. mean, I would just say after the deadline, all these games are four-point games. But this Red Wings team, I think they just lost yesterday, but they, they just keep winning and winning and, and finding ways. And, again, Minnesota's going to be a tough game. Every game's tough. I think if you're the Islanders, you kind of find a way to beat Riddich tonight starting for Winnipeg, not Hellebuck. So that's that's a game you gotta have because Hellebuck's been so good and you've beaten him. But Minnesota's a, that's a tough place to play. Yeah, for sure. Minnesota they finally started. To f- I know they lost the other night, but they st- they finally started to figure some things out. They've had trouble scoring goals too, uh, and their goaltending hasn't been hasn't been as as great as it's been in the past as well. But Detroit's a funny team, man. Like Nedeljkovic gets sent down because he's struggling, and then Billy Huso steps in and he's been, right. he's done a pretty good job. They've had a rash of injuries. Guys like Bertuzzi has only played like 25, 30 games. Uh, but they keep finding ways. They still have some really good young talent there. And like you said, Steve Eisenman, I mean, he's learned from the best, to be fair. Yeah, that's uh, true. But it, you could learn from the best and still not be remotely as good <laughs> as the guy you learned from. But kudos also to him. He's really, he's really figured some things out for Detroit. It's good to see because you, you want Detroit to be in the mix. They're an original six. Well, yeah. they went, how many years did they go with making the playoffs? Like 25, 26? Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. yeah, them and St. Louis had two really long runs, yeah. right? Where they, they San were Jose the had a really year. long run. Right, yeah. right, right. But did St. Louis at least won a cup? They did. <laughs> San Jose, unfortunately, did not. But uh, all right, so look, I mean, tough games. The rest of them are the, from here on out. And, and you even look a little further ahead, and you look at the start of March, all Eastern Conference games for the New York Islanders. they got games against the Caps, I'm pretty sure, in there. I think they might even have another game against the Wings. Well, you got it right in front of you, Stephen. What have they, they got in the start of March? Why didn't throw me off for cheating? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, you got Detroit, There's Buffalo, no here, Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington. Then they go West Coast, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. Home against Toronto. Then they got a matchup with the Blue Jackets, Sabres. And they end their season with the Devils, the Caps, and the Lightning. That Caps game, that could... I mean, I think it's going to come down to the last game of the season anyway for this, will. but that yeah. Caps game becomes probably really critical. And if they don't get in, it's going to be because all these games, or most of them, will go past regulation. And that's where it comes back to bite you in the rear end. Well, they because of all it, the points that they have thrown away over the course of the last say, two months. They lost to the Coyotes twice. I mean, right. that, that's, that, a problem. that's it right there. Right. The Islanders spent the first half of the season barely taking any losses to overtime. Right. Like, they lost so many games in regulation. It's, it is going to factor into this situation. Yeah. No question about it. So, that'll do it for what's on tap. Great stuff. A lot of tough games coming up here. Why don't we swing it right in to the hero of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the B Comp Q. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, buddy. Featuring boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, and onions on a hero. So good. Step on in to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels hunting team location. Mention Hockey Night in New York and get it half off. That starts tomorrow, Monday through next week, where we'll announce a brand new Half Off Hero. So, Stefan Rosner. We'll next next you. week, it, it's your sandwich, the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> we got to work on that. Hopefully, we can make that happen. <laughs> with no crust. <laughs> or maybe the peanut butter and, and apple juice. <laughs> <With no crust. laughs> Cut into triangles. Uh, squares, no, squares. <laughs> All right, Stefan, you're being a good sport here. So, he uh, is. who is your hero of the week, pal? Oh, it's, it's Matt Martin. I mean, this guy, again, fourth line grinder who's had a fantastic season. No one's talked about it. He's been healthy, which is the top part. He's playing. He has 19 points this season. That ties a career high. And he, he produced alongside Bo Horvat. In the game we talked about, it, the game against Pittsburgh, the second game, he sets up Lee with a great pass back door for that win. Secondary assist, four checking hard on Holmstrom's goal, the go-ahead goal against Winnipeg. The guy's, I think he's got four points in his last four games, a goal and three and assist. The guy is producing, and it's not a guy that produces usually. 
No, you're right. Next man up, buddy. Next man's got to do it. So Matt Martin from fourth line to first line. Maybe you extend him to an $8 million deal. For 18 years. <laughs> right, if he keeps up this production, right? Sydney would be happy with that, that's for sure. <laughs> right. But look, I mean, this is what you need to see. Somebody's got to do it. Matt Martin's doing it right now. Hopefully it continues. And if it doesn't, somebody else is going to have to step up, right, and put some points up because that's, that, that's what this is all about. And they got to hope that if and when Matt Barzell comes back in, I don't know, late March, early April, whatever it is, that they still have games to play for when it's time to get into the playoffs. So I'm going to give my hero of the week right now. That is none other than the MVP of the New York Islanders season, and that is Ilya Sorokin. Guy had another big two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins and, of course, against the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, literally winning these games, making highlight reel save after highlight reel save, and they don't win either one of those games if he doesn't play the way he does. So I got to give it to uh, our boy Ilya Sorokin again. And, Brian, if you'd like to chime in, you got a hero for this week? I will go. Well, it's not really much the week. I'm going to go, like, season. Okay, that's Brock fine. Nelson. Because okay. this guy has just continued to evolve into, like, a top-line center. Uh, two-way center, and I feel like any time he has the puck anywhere near the right circle, it has a chance of going in. Like I feel like he's become a legitimate scoring threat on almost every shift. I think that's and that was not the case years ago. No, you're right, and we've we've credited Barry Trotz uh, many times here on oh, the show yeah, for with sure. kind of helping him break out, right? Yeah, and turn into that player that you're talking about, where he's he's really a top-flight guy now. And he's got one of the best shots in the team, if not the best shot of the team. In the and, league. Uh, yeah, the well, league. the accuracy shooting. Good point. That's right. He's That's the here. reigning accuracy <laughs> shooting champion. That, that, does, that does speak for something. And, but you know what? That was also well-deserved with him going to the game this year. No doubt. He's, uh, he's, he's been probably their most consistent forward for the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, you can say all you want about Matt Barzell. We're not forgetting about him. No. Uh, the, the star that he is. But, but Brock Nelson's kind of been a, a, a rock if you will, on this team, and uh, he's been a huge part of it. And a guy, if a guy like him, go, he goes down, like that's that's even more trouble for the team. So uh, I love the, I love the pick there for a little three quarter season mark for Brock Nelson. Good stuff, and uh, you know one of the leaders on this team now. He's a veteran, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I guess we'll take it out of hero of the week here, and we'll, you know we'll go right into uh, right into a little questions, bro. So why don't we do that? All I got to do is find the right buttons here. <laughs> there we go. It's time for questions, bro. Brought to you by Ross Farmer Brewing Company. All right, here we go. We're going to start right off the bat with longtime listener, longtime friend of the show, T Boyle 13. Questions brewing. What will Sorokin's AAV be next summer? Wow. You want to go first? Go ahead. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. Many monies. I hope that helps, Thomas. Thanks for <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Well, why don't we do a ballpark here? Because it's because we did kind of talk about it a little bit earlier. If they do go with that Sorokin Varlamov combination, they're gonna have to be cost conscious and hope that Sorokin kinda plays along, right? I will go minimum seven five. I was gonna say eight. I just yeah. th this guy, I mean, it's it's weird because you want to compare him to in the league. Right now, he's had better seasons than Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky's proven it, though, in the playoffs. Shosturkin gets, what, a 5.6, I think he's at, yeah. or something around yeah, yeah. there. Obviously, Sorokin's had a much better season than Shosturkin, but again, it's getting it done in the playoffs is where you make your money. If the Islanders could find a way to get in because of him, he should get heart nominations, but his biggest thing would be to, to win a playoff round, like steal one. That would get him paid. And again, if they don't make the playoffs, that's, that's an opportunity for him that, where he's not proving. Hey, you can do it during the regular season. That's where it matters. But right. once you get to the postseason, you need goaltending. And if, let's say, he got to the playoffs and he was awful in the playoffs, that does change things. I think that's a good point to make. I mean, at the end of the day, the, his agent is still going to slide a piece of paper oh, yeah. across you the table. You can only be so number. friendly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you, like Luke could say, all right, this, we'll give you a six and a quarter. And, you know, his agent's going to say, wait a minute. I can get him seven, seven, five or eight somewhere else. Like, you got to meet somewhere closer to the middle. I like the numbers you guys threw out there because they were lower than mine. Like, I'm thinking he's looking at like eight and he's a half. He's a top three goalie yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, I think he gets at least eight and a half. I hope I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I hope he gets what he deserves. Right, for but sure. As, if you look at the salary cap for this team, I hope it goes on the lower side so that right. it helps, you know, the rest of the team out. And, you know, we're, we're hearing that the cap's going to go up by a couple of mil. So maybe that'll help kind of ease that. But uh, if you're if you're looking to bring Varlamov back, I think yeah, right in that ball. But you can't go much higher than eight and a half. I think Islander fans should be thrilled that we're even discussing what Ilya Sorokin's <laughs> next contract with the <laughs> right. Islanders is going to be because it was year after year after year of he we're never going to see this guy ever. Right, right, <laughs> and 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 my God, has he lived up to the hype? Oh my God, I mean, he, he really has. He surpassed. Oh, for sure, no question for about sure. it. Like he actually fit the bill and then some. Because there's a lot of guys in the KHL who put up monster numbers and it doesn't translate. Exactly, exactly. All right, next. Next one. Here's from New Wave Halifax. 
Islanders are still on the edge of the wild cards. Will Lou buy a player or sell a player into the trade deadline? Okay, we kind of talked about that a little bit already. But you guys got a gut feeling here if he's going to make another move, whether it's you know a big big move or a small one. Yep. I I can't see him selling if they're in a spot. And I just again ego too plays a part in this. He's not going to sell. He believes in this team. I think if he's going to buy, it's going to be a depth veteran demon like a Kulikov, somebody like that, or a depth forward. Because again. You got Horvat. You don't have assets. Go get a top six guy that you need. So you're going to have to rely on the defense, the grinding hockey. And right now, we talked about it. There's injuries. There's AHL players in the lineup that maybe you don't trust. I, I, like, I wouldn't trust a Sebastian Ajo in a playoff spot. He just gets knocked off the puck. You need, a, you need a big veteran defenseman. That's where I would look. I think Lula Morello has shown year in and year out he's not interested in selling or rebuilding. He and I'll leave win. it at that. Yeah, he wants to win. And Tony and I talked about it last week when we were here. And not only that, but... This is a, a fan base that needs to see some wins in a new building, right? Yeah. And they need a reason to re-up on their season tickets for next year. Of course. Year. It's a it, business. Yeah, exactly. So I think they are they are buy or bust or at least not sell or bust in the sense that they're they're going to try to win even though Barzell is out of, out of the lineup right now. And there's only two games between now and Friday like we talked about. I mean, right. how much is going to change in the next five days standings-wise? Right. They're, they're going to be right. in the race. They've, exactly. They've, they've won enough games between the last week or two and right. now to say, okay, they're there. Right. And now it's just... Even if they lose... Eight Eight nothing today and seven nothing in, on Tuesday. <laughs> Don't like, say that. He's not. But I'm just saying he's not right, going right. to blow up the whole roster in the next week, five days if they lose the next two games. You're right. The chips are on the table, right. and we'll just see if he adds anything else. So thanks for the question. Next one up, Coach Lanebert. Question, Bruin. <laughs> in your opinion, what's the better outcome for the Isles? Quietly miss the playoffs or squeak in and get absolutely smoked by the Bruins? Well, first off, get to the dance and then dance. They might get smoked, sure, or they could put up a battle. And if they're going to miss the playoffs quietly. That probably means it's not a top 12 protected pick. So if you're going to miss the playoffs, miss. If you want to get the highest chance at a pick. But I, I think if you're a fan of the team, you never want to see them miss the playoffs. I think, especially for experience, you have a lot of young guys, too, that you want to get experience. Playoff hockey, again, this Islanders team makes it the playoffs as the underdog every year. And people say, oh, they're going to get swept, they're going to get swept, and they don't. And they win a playoff round here, and then you never know. I mean, a goal shy of making it into the cup final that they probably would have beat Montreal in. Oh my so God, I, think, yeah. I think if you're thinking, oh, if they're going to make the playoffs and just get swept, I wouldn't look at it like that. Just make the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen with this team. I would ask Scott Malkin, would you rather miss the playoffs or have <laughs> at least two more home games at, at, at larger prices than what you've been charging over the course of the regular season? I think that's the money answer right, right there. Literally <laughs> no pun, in, yeah, pun intended, yeah. right? Exactly. I think that's exactly how they're going to look at it. The Islanders are playoff, playoffs are Boston. Look, when you have a goaltender like Ilya Sorokin back there, anything can happen. Right. He can win you a series. No matter who they play, unless it's Tampa, the goaltending edge is going to go to the Islanders. <laughs> and yeah. also, Boston, too. Omar's been ridiculous, and he scored a goal last night. But <laughs> Yes, he did. But this guy has also never played in the you playoffs. You know what, I didn't get fantasy points for that, man. How <laughs> No point for the goal for Omar. I got him on one of my teams. Oh, that Nothing. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's sorry for you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, yeah, but, but Omar has never played in the playoffs. Yeah. You have, I mean, again, he's probably going to be fine, but you never know. I mean, I don't like the Islanders' chances in the no, best of seven against no. the Bruins, but, yes, I would give Sorokin the edge in goal yes. for sure. Okay, I think that's fair. All right, one more from T. Boyle here. We're just under five minutes until puck drops, so we'll sneak in another couple here, and then we got to get going. Do you see the Islanders trading for a third or fourth line center? I think it ultimately depends what Pajot's injury is. If okay. they think he's back next week, then you don't really have to do that. You have enough centermen. Um, if they say he's going to be out until the end of the season, then, yeah, I'd go maybe like a, a Colin Sissons type of guy from Nashville. Like just a depth center. And Nick Bukestad from Arizona, big body. I love okay. that guy. He's a great guy. Like just personally? For the oh, yeah, personally. Great guy. Solid, oh, right solid yeah. hockey player, too. Yeah. Okay. But All I right. just meant he's a nice guy. Right. Hey, that's, <laughs> hey the, the Islanders like their good guys, man. They yeah, like they their, uh, their he would he would, he would blend right into that room for sure. And that's that says a lot for the New York Islanders. They yeah. bring guys in like that all the time. They do. So Another guy know. that plays on the power play and the penalty kill and is physical. I mean, those are the guys that Lou would bring in. Right, right, exactly. Like your quintessential J.G. J. J. Pajot, Kyle Palmieri. I mean, there, there is a blueprint here. I mean, we, Pajot, we, we've Pajot seen Palmieri, power play, penalty kill, Horvat, power play, penalty kill. They have guys that do everything. So. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, New Wave Halifax wants to know, speaking of injuries, who's going to be back from injury soon. I think Bailey's slotting in today, right? Bailey's in today. He's on the fourth line alongside I believe it's Johnston and Koivula. So Okay. He's back in, yeah. And uh, I'm assuming there's no updates on guys like Clutterbuck and uh, and Wallstrom and, and Pajot. You were just saying maybe he could be back in a week, but we don't know. Right? We His don't injury know. is so weird because he sat out of practice, then he played against Montreal, finished that game, then got hurt at a practice, didn't play against Ottawa, but they retroacted him to that game against Montreal. I don't know if that's a paper thing, but he's eligible to come back whenever he's ready, but I guess 
I mean, he got hit up high and was down for a little bit. I'm pretty sure Romanov clipped him with the elbow during practice. So I don't. I hate to say another concussion for this team, but you never know. Um, but yeah, we haven't heard anything, and they don't. They don't tell us anything. So as, as Brian knows. and if they happen to go out and get a guy like Bustad, to me, that's like Pajot's not coming back, right. and that hurts. I mean, as as nice of a player as Bustad is, you're not going to beat a Bruins or. One of those at Berlin Echelon teams in the playoffs without J.J. Pajot and everything that he does. And if Nelson's your X factor, we talked about earlier, Pajot is, is second there for what he did. Again, he, he's, maybe he's not bringing the offense you thought, but he does so much for this team. And yeah. you're seeing right now that it's like, okay, how many three or four guys have to fill his role now that he's out? So. Right, right. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for Questions Brewing. So everybody in the chat, thank you so much for chiming, chiming in here and hanging out with us live at twitch.tv slash hockey night and why. And we'll have a little fun before we get going here. Predictions for today's outcome. 3-1, uh, empty net, Islanders win. Okay, Brian, what do you got? 5 nothing, Islanders win. 5 nothing. 5 nothing. How long have you been here and how many drinks have you had? Just one. <laughs> it's good, though. It's strong. <laughs> okay, So 5 nothing. 5 nothing. All right, I'm going to go 3-2, Islanders are going to squeak it out. 3-2 win. And uh, so we all we're all unanimous. We think so they're going to win. 3-2 win, trailing by two goals, entering the third. Is that is that how you're looking <laughs> That's at it? That's probably how okay. I should Durando Hattrick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's go. Durando Hattrick. Absolutely. Why not? But with that, folks, we want to thank you all for tuning in here and hanging out at Lost Farmer Brewing Company. Having a great time here. Big game coming up at 3.30. Big puck drop. We are raising money for courage for Carson. Great cause. If you haven't made it out here yet, come on down to Lost Farmer. Having a great time. Place is filling out. Islander hockey coming up. So come down, have some fun, and raise some money for a great, great cause. I want to thank everybody for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockey night and why. I want to thank the great Mr. Brian Compton for joining us. Me, boys. Yeah, it's great to see you, pal. Awesome stuff. Now buy me beer. Nope, not a problem. I can. I'm we, 17. We can do that oh, that's right. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm like twice that age, so don't worry about it. All right, so big thanks to our sponsors here. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. And, of course, once again, a huge, huge thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located here at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Huge thanks for hosting today. Having a great time here. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And, of course, a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at mainstboardgamecafe.com. Thanks for everybody for coming out here. Thanks for everybody tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We can follow Stefan Rosner at Stefan underscore Rosner. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow Brian Compton at B Compton NHL on the Twitter. Follow the show at hockey.ny on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok. For Brian Compton, for Stefan Rosner, for myself, Sean Cuthbert, we have been Hockey Night in New York. Thanks again to everybody for coming out. We will see you next time.